is, and I've been given the task to talk about the dining room. And actually, that is one of the casualties of modern tastes and modern building methods, because the standalone dining room isn't a staple of building that it was. I have watched countless home improvement shows, some because I rather like the host, <laughs> where dining rooms are demolished to make space for open plan living. And especially at the moment, that's, that's one of the things people want. They want a big kitchen diner. And in fact, our house image on the screen here, that doesn't have a standalone dining room. That's got a kitchen diner there, as you can see there. So even our little um, children's house there isn't immune to the modern tastes. So a lot of us maybe don't have a separate dining room. Some of you do. Well done. You're doing well. But some of you might have bulldozed to make a kitchen diner. Some might not even have a dining table just because of space. I thought that I would show you a picture of my dining tab to sort of show you that maybe things aren't used for what they should do. <laughs> this is genuinely what it was like when I was preparing the sermon. Now, if you do come round for a meal, I promise the foot scraper or whatever it is, that, that area will be well sanitised. But there are some things there, even I'm going, why is that there? And actually, that sort of, sort of shows a bit about modern living, doesn't it? And whether your house has a dining table, a breakfast bar, or whether you do tray meals, the fact is we all need to eat. That's true, isn't it? Yeah, we agree with that. Yeah, first thing we agree with, that's excellent. And the dining room, when we're looking at this in this series, is pointing at us of how we eat physically and how we do that as Christians, but also how do we do the same spiritually. And also the dining room, it's very rare that you go to a dining room and it has a table for one. It's very rare, isn't it? I haven't seen that in any house. Even, say, a house like I live on my own, usually with a single person, maybe have a couple of extra chairs around that table, even if it's just for symmetry. And the dining room is usually has a larger table, so how do we involve those around us? But firstly, we're going to read from Acts chapter 8, 5 to 25. And I like this because it's got someone called Philip, good name, means lover of horses if you wish to know, nothing to do with the sermon. And do we like horses? Not really. Anyway... Acts chapter 8, 5 to 25. Philip went to the city of Samaria and preached about the Christ. And remember, Samaria, Good Samaritan, usually enemies of the Jewish people. So there wouldn't have been the usual place that Jews would have gone to, but breathing the message out. And when the people there heard Philip and saw the miracles he was doing, they all listened carefully to what he said. Many of these people had evil spirits in them, but Philip made the evil spirits leave. The spirits made a loud noise when they came out. Philip also healed many weak and crippled people there. So the people in that city were very happy. But there was a man named Simon in that city. Before Philip came there, Simon had practised magic and amazed all the people of Samaria. He bragged and called himself a great man. All the people, the least important and the most important, 
paid attention to Simon saying, this man has the power of God called the great power. Simon had amazed them with his magic so long that the people became his followers. But when Philip told them the good news about the kingdom of God and the power of Jesus Christ, men and women believed Philip and were baptised. Simon himself believed, and after he was baptised, he stayed very close to Philip. And when he saw the miracles and the powerful things Philip did, Simon was amazed. And when the apostles, who were still in Jerusalem, heard that the people of Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When Peter and John arrived, they prayed that the Samaritan believers might receive the Holy Spirit. And these people had been baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus, but the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. Then when the two apostles began laying their hands on the people, they received the Holy Spirit. Simon saw that the Spirit was given to the people when the apostles laid their hands on them. So he offered the apostles money, saying, Give me also this power, so that anyone on whom I lay my hands will receive the Holy Spirit. Peter said to him, You and your money should both be destroyed, because you thought you could buy God's gift with money. You cannot share with us this work, since your heart is not right before God. Change your heart Turn away from this evil thing you have done and pray to the Lord. Maybe he will forgive you for thinking this. I see that you're full of bitter jealousy and ruled by sin. Simon answered, both of you pray for me to the Lord, so the things you have said will not happen to me. After Peter and John told the people what they'd seen Jesus do, and after they'd spoken the message of the Lord, they went back to Jerusalem. On the way, they went through many Samaritan towns and preached the good news to the people. So now we're looking at spiritual food and we're looking at the dining room, sorry. And you'd expect the passage we look at to involve great feasting or references about food. In fact, there are numerous scriptures we could have used to look at eating, sharing, hospitality of food. However, this passage is looking at the need for spiritual food and the Holy Spirit in our lives. Jesus himself said, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger, and he that believes in me shall never thirst. And here we're seeing the difference between two types of spiritual food. There was the spiritual food that Simon the sorcerer is consuming and giving out. And when it's talking about magic, we're not talking about like cutting a rope in half and having an assistant where he's sawing her and things like that. It's looking like what people would say were miracles, but... Here, we're talking about that, that it was all about making him look good. Now, some, some scholars believe, yes, there was some of the miraculous about what Simon was doing. Others would say it's just cheap tricks that made him look good. But the difference was that he was giving out false stuff, not really good spiritual food. But the disciples were carrying the Holy Spirit and people were having that. And today, like 2,000 years ago, we can get spiritual advice and guidance from many places. Not all of them are good. Not all of them are great for our soul. Even websites and groups online that are badged as Christian sometimes have words of wisdom which you wouldn't say are particularly biblical and often are seen to be echoing worldly wisdom rather than godly wisdom. Hebrews 5, 12 to 14 says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, 
You need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. And Peter too, too looks at this spiritual food also. The Bible has massive parallels because between what we physically want and what we spiritually require. Isaiah 55.2 says, Why do you spend money for what is not bread, and your wages for what not, does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good, and delight yourself in abundance. Because here we have the difference between Simon, who didn't have the right priorities, was showing things that people thought were amazing, was power. But it actually wasn't the correct spiritual food that people needed. How do you get your spiritual food? Is it just on a Sunday that you consume and then the rest of the week you're sort of just going on those dregs? Is it you get a bit here, a bit there, a few wise words from different places? Or are you guided by the Holy Spirit? Because here we, saw that we see the real difference. We see the difference the Holy Spirit made when it came to the believers. The believers who believed were baptised, but then they needed something more. And I pray today that the Holy Spirit will come to you, if it hasn't already, and help you just connect with God, help you grow, help you be fed. And if that's something you're thinking, well, I don't really know about that. Today, our prayer team will be unleashed. They, they like different words for like being, they didn't like release. So I thought we'd go for unleashed today. I don't know whether. And there at the end of the service, just have time to go to them and ask. They can tell you more about, they can pray for you. But also, have a think. What are you looking at? Where are you getting your spiritual food? Is it people that you think are amazing? Unfortunately, we've had many Christians who have seemed to be amazing spiritual leaders who recently there's been in the news or on Premier or different Christian chat rooms where we see maybe their behaviour hasn't quite been of the standard that people thought they should have been. Things going on behind the scenes that wasn't great. Remember here, they thought Simon was brilliant because of how amazing he seemed, all the different magic he was doing. Make sure you're discerning about what spiritual food you've got coming in. Sometimes I find when I'm in a rush, that's where I make the worst choices of what food I'm going to do. I can be really healthy if I'm planned and prepared, but actually sometimes when I'm like, oh... What do we grab? And that sometimes can be like us. When we're not making time. When we're not being intentional about our spiritual input. That's where maybe we can go for people and things that aren't the real thing. The Holy Spirit. Jesus working inside us. Giving us that nutrition. The spiritual nourishment we need. So that's the spiritual part. But also, we, as 
a church, when we're looking at having a church with, uh, with a community of believers, with Jesus at the centre, we want the Spirit to be part of that. We want the Spirit to be flowing through that. But also, in this series, we want to look at practical things that we can do to be that community with Jesus at the centre, with the Spirit flowing through us. And one of those is about sharing physical food. Because again, if you look throughout the Bible, there are so many stories about food being shared, meeting people's needs. And loads of examples of sharing hospitality. And even from a young age, I've tried to be hospitable. Sometimes when I was living at home, I'd, if my mum and dad were away, I'd invite people round. Like it was a bit like the Yellow Pages advert, you know, when... Uh, they go and there's a massive party and then about four days later we're still tidying up. Uh, but the, what was funny is the worst damage ever happened was a house group one. Not the house group I'm currently in. I wouldn't let them anywhere near my mum's house. Like They'd be far too vandalous. But somebody brought, you know, a cru Le Creuset dish. They were doing well. And they put it on my mum's dining table and my mum had got a really sort of, a, a sort of odd dining cover that I thought, oh, looks a bit odd. So I took that off, but put different coasters round and table mats, fine. They couldn't find a table mat, so they found a paper plate, put it on the dining table, and then put the crusade on top of that, melted in. So then we had other house group activities trying to blend that into the table. Didn't quite work, but my mum and dad were quite understanding. But over the time, I've done different things. Um, I've had different people from Pays. I've had um, Luke and Oscar stay with me. And thank you to people who've hosted Pays and Gapia uh, people. And actually, Luke was texting me the other day. If you remember Luke, um, he's actually uh, he's just qualified to be a curate. Uh, in the Church of England and his ministry over in Warwick and uh, things are going really well there with him and his family but Oscar from Zimbabwe he told me one of their most popular programmes was Keeping Up Appearances with Hyacinth Bucket or Bouquet and he said that he had the idea that everyone in England were like that that they're all doing candlelight suppers and things like that. And sometimes that's when we think about hospitality. We set the bar that we've got to have doilies, we've got to have candlesticks, we've got to have four-course meals, one of them including salmon. I don't know why salmon. But all these things you don't need for hospitality. My, one of my best friends... I knew he was going to be my best friend, James, living in America now... Knew we were going to get on well. I went round to his house. It was round lunchtime. And he said, what do you want for lunch? Do you want spaghetti hoops? <laughs> for me, I knew he was going to be a good friend then. Because it doesn't have to be something big. Like, you can show hospitality for a cup of tea, can't you? You can show hospitality just by a warm welcome. You don't... Sometimes we get this idea, it's a lot of faff, it's a lot of expense. It doesn't have to be that. 1 Peter 4, 8, 9 says, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. 
A few weeks ago, a few months ago actually, I told some of you this. I went to Manchester for an awards night. I wasn't winning an award, but I was asked to present one. And it was the Message Trust, so you know Eden teams uh, that we're involved with. Well, uh, Eden are part of the Message Trust. And then a big sort of awards night, raising money. And on behalf of who I work for, I was asked to present an award. Now, it didn't quite work out very well, because even though I went early and went through what I was meant to do, that they got a bit confused. So um, the people I was presenting the award to were meant to have a um, do an interview, and then I was coming on to present the award. But the person who was at the side of the stage sent me on. So suddenly the guy hosting, Andy Hawthorne, if you know him, was sort of looking like, why is this guy walked on? I'd said, look, I don't think I'm on there. They're like, no, you are, so I'm there. Then he started calling me Mark, which was a bit odd. So you know when you go, oh, he's called me Mark once, okay. He's called me Mark again. When he gets to three times, you're thinking, either I've got to become this Mark, or I've got to sort of, I've got to correct him. So, and I'm glad I did, because actually I said, I'm not called Mark. And he went, oh, I'm really sorry, because he's from up north. And he looked on his card and goes, we've got, sorry, it's Phil Miles. And then he said my name quite a few times. Got off the stage, all the people I was with found it hilarious, been called Mark for a lot of time after that. But after the, near the end of this thing, I had a, had a tap on my shoulder. And this person, I turned round, and this person said, are you Phil Miles, again, from the north? And I looked, and firstly I answered yes, because I am. I am Phil Miles. And he goes, I'm, and I knew it was Paul. I said, you're Paul, aren't you? And he went, yes. And Paul was the person who'd hosted me when I was on pace 25 years ago. And went up to Manchester for six, five, a month or so, and was staying there. And first time I'd stayed away from home. And they were brilliant, and his wife, Paula. And she came as well. And to be honest, I got a bit emotional. Cause, and they were saying how they'd been praying for me for years. And just for me, spending about a month with them really gave me the confidence to do a year on pays that probably at that time I was getting a bit jittery about for a number of reasons. And just seeing them, and then hearing what I was still doing, working in a school in charge of Christian ethos, they said they were so blessed by that. They've been praying for me. I've been praying for them. And 27 or so years later, that hosting made a massive difference to me and actually made a difference for them. So actually, hospitality isn't just a hit and run thing. It can be something that really changes the course of your life. And don't think you need to be in some great spiritual shape. Obviously, we were talking about earlier about the Holy Spirit, and it, we do need to be following what God says. But in Acts chapter 16, a jailer who was in charge of prisoners, who God released, it says this, 33, at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately, he and his household were baptised. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his own household. So, wasn't a Christian, found faith that night, started practising hospitality. 
Try not to think that everything needs to be perfect. The chandeliers, all these things, everything. we've heard about Gemma's house had some dust in it or whatever. But we're talking today about opening our hearts, opening our homes. Maybe you might say, well, I can't have people in my homes. There are other things we can do. But Matthew 25 said this, For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They will also they will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or needing clothes, or sick, or in prison, and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you, will not, you did not do for me. There's a story, quite a, a well-known story. A guest of the Marriott Hotel discovered that her sister had just died. She was upset and shared her sadness with a hotel employee. The employee named Charles took a sympathy card to the staff and had them all sign it. He gave it to her with a piece of hot apple pie. The guest wrote a letter of thanks to the president of the hotel chain. She wrote, Mr Marriott, I'll never meet you, and I don't need to meet you, because I met Charles. I know what you stand for. I want to assure you that for as long as I live, I will stay at your hotels. Christian hospitality is more than a passing kindness. It's an incarnation of God's love. In the story, we saw how Simon did many things and they were seen to be great. But they were to show how great he was. Hospitality isn't being perfect like Hyacinth, but it's showing people that they are loved. Matthew 5.16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Pray for opportunities. Some of the times where I felt the lowest, someone has rung me up or texted me and gone, do you want to go out for something to eat or pop round or meet up for a coffee? Some of us might not be able to do this physically, but phone calls, messages, encouragements can have a similar effect. And that's where we get to this actually sharing spiritual and physical food becoming almost in sync with each other. Martin Luther, the famous theologian, he wrote a book called Table Talk. And he was famous for having people round his table where they'd eat, but discuss things and grow in faith together. And actually, some of those times where I've connected with people, where they've invited me to their house, or we've gone for a walk, or we've shown some sort of hospitality, have been times where it's really helped grow in my faith. I hope Andre won't mind me saying that occasionally me and Andre meet up. We go for a walk. Now, it can't be long because of Andre's age. No, because uh, I can't keep up with Andre. But actually, we talk about loads of things. We talk about football. We talk about what's going on with uh, different things we do. But I was really challenged. The first time I met up with Andre, near the end, he said, how can I pray for you? And actually, I've used that line. I've nicked it from him a number of times now when I'm meeting up with people. And it's amazing then what people say. So don't just go, oh, the spiritual's here, the physical's here. How can those times of coming together 
meeting over a coffee, how can then the spiritual, how can God invade those even more? And most of this message is actually a challenge for us individually. However, in this series, we've been challenged as a church as to how we open our church home more. We've heard about at Christmas about how we'll uh, welcome friends, old and new, hopefully Chanel as well, to our Christmas market. And someone who showed me hospitality in the summer and bought me an ice cream at a festival talks about how we can share something physical, in this case a burger, but how we can also share something spiritual but in a sensitive manner. Let's watch the screen. lockdown but you know you I remember um we used to we in fact we did it for the first time we've not been able to do it for a few years because of lockdown but you know years and years ago we did this thing where um yeah a big family fun day in the middle of town free burgers and all that kind of stuff and I remember this guy coming up to me and just saying like you know why are you doing this you know why are you why are you giving this me this burger and um and do you think, like, you know, most Christians in that moment would just go, oh, it's because it's free, you know. And most of the time, we just shy away from the opportunity to share something. Or we say too much, you know. As, as an evangelist, it would be easy for me to say, well, as you've asked me, the reason is because in the beginning, you know, God created the heavens and the earth and the, and the fish and the sea and the skies and, and then created Adam and Eve for this perfect relationship with them. And uh, but they rebelled against him and everything went horribly wrong. But then God tried to start again with this guy called Abraham and he created this whole nation. But they, they rejected him and he called these prophets to get involved and, and try and call them back to God. But that never worked. And in the end, Jesus comes himself and he comes to show them what God is like and he shows them what to live a perfect life. And he dies on the cross for our sins and he rises again so we can be forgiven and restored into relationship with him and then the God Jesus returns to heaven and the Holy Spirit comes and the church is born and years and years we're start start of we're part of the era of the church and these exciting days where the Holy Spirit's work and we're seeing the kingdom come but one day Jesus will return and when he comes he'll renew the whole of creation and if we're part of his family we'll be with him forever and if we're not then we're not and that is why I gave you a burger today. <laughs> now now all of that may be true and I may believe all that but that is not what needs to be said in that moment and and so but there is something that needs to be said yes and and so when a guy is holding a burger and he's saying like why are you guys doing this then i can say because i believe we believe in a god who is generous a god who is kind a god who is good uh, a god who freely gives something of his life for us and, and so what you're seeing you're seeing an example of that and if they ask more questions we can say more but i think you know, I, I've lived with and learned from you that whole thing of like, let's just pray, Absolutely. prayer, care and share. It's, share. it's simple. And whether it's to the stranger on the street or, or, our, or our friends, um, that, that's what we do. Over the different uh, weeks of this, we've been looking at relationships, responsibility and revelation. And there it talks about, well, relationships. We may not uh, know people straight away, so how do we connect with them there? But when we're talking about our spiritual and physical dining, what relationships do you have? What do you need to nurture with spiritual food? What about physical food and hospitality opportunities? What could you do on the relationships you've got? Responsibility for a house to become a home. We need others to take responsibility. What could you take responsibility for? Sometimes in church, it doesn't need to be on a rotor. It doesn't need to have like a massive title. You could just say, well, 
I'm going to own this part of the heart space and talk to anyone who's there. I'm going to make sure every person um, who can't get a drink, I will do that. Don't know what you're going to take responsibility for, but what could it be? It isn't about just being on a rotor. Some of you are on rotors. Thank you so much. We need people on rotors. And a huge thank you to those who provide hospitality in many different ways for the church. But what are your responsibilities? And revelation, what is God feeding us spiritually? How are we being fed and how are we passing that on to others? What do we need to pass on to those around us? And what steps do we need to have put in place to be that community of believers with Jesus at the centre that must inspire all we do? And there are probably two responses in the congregation right now. And they are the same words, but with very different meanings and connotations. Some of you are thinking, why not? In the sense of a positive, you're thinking what you can do and maybe the Lord has already brought some ideas to your mind. I've been challenged myself as I've prepared this about some of the things I've used to do hospitality-wise that maybe I've grown out of doing. Ways my door was more open, both literally and metaphorically, than it is now. However, many of us are probably thinking, why not? There are lists in your mind, finance, time, fear, past bad experience, etc. And going back to the picture of my dining table, you'll enjoy that picture once more. What do we need to change in order to declutter, to allow both that physical hospitality, but also that spiritual growth in ourselves personally? As I was preparing this, I think there are a couple of people today who have actually wanted to host a journey group, house group for a while, but keep finding reasons why not to. If that's you, please come and have a chat with Rach, Joe or myself. We, we would love to talk to you about that. Because sometimes we build up this clutter. Pray this week about how God wishes to use you. Pray what you need to unclutter and then... If you feel right with the Spirit, act upon it. So let's pray using Hebrews 10, 24, 25. Let's pray. Let us consider how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Father, we thank you for the feeding you give us, for both the physical and the spiritual. Help us to be people who eagerly desire and seek for the right spiritual food. And help us be people who pass that on to others, working in your Holy Spirit. Pray for anyone who's feeling your nudge at the moment, your inclination, your prompting. Help them to just act upon that in the right way, Lord. And those who need prayer, just help them go forward and get prayer as needed. Amen. Amen. What we're going to do is, you might have seen, we set out communion a different way in the heart space. And if the band could come uh, up, we're going to sing a song together about feasting at the table of the Lord. And as the dining table, we thought, well, let's have communion together. But we've got some cheeses, some different breads, some grapes, different things, because communion was a meal. And where that came from. So what we wanted to do is go out and eat either on your own or in small groups with family, friends, is just eat together, pray, 
Thank God for what we've talked about earlier, him dying on the cross for us, giving us that relationship with us. And use this time together to share hospitality, but also share that amazing truth. And we've got various different foods there. There's a table in the middle for those who maybe need uh, some things with, uh, aware of allergies. Please just keep an eye on kids uh, and your kids. There are going to be knives there. There are grapes. So if you need those cut in half, please do it. And as a sort of family meal, we will need help with people unscrewing things and opening things and things like that. Don't just go, oh, someone hasn't opened this. I cannot eat it. Please do. But there's plenty of sanitizer around. So just please open up and just do that together. Um, Joe, if... After the song, if you can just pray and bless together. But if you then want to pray in your groups outside for 10 minutes, yeah, that's fine. Some people will do it really quickly. Some people will do it slowly. Some will be loud. Some will be quiet. That's the amazing part of a church family. But as we eat together, we're just going to feast on the table of the Lord. So let's sing together. Thank you.